Hello, and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches, and with me, as always, is Jane Litt from Dear Author. Hello again. This week, we are answering a reader letter from a reader named Liz, and we're going to talk about nerd heroes and also nerd heroines and what we're reading right now. The music that you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater. I'll have information at the end of the podcast about who this is and what it is and where you can buy it. And of course, I'll also list all the books that we talk about in this podcast because I don't know if you've noticed, but we're expensive people to know and listen to. Sorry about that. There is a bit of an audio echo in this podcast, which I apologize for, but I couldn't separate it out. Just think of it as like an extra Sarah, who's, of course, more expensive because I'm talking about books that you might want to read. And now, on with the podcast and Liz's letter. Here is what Liz writes. Dear Sarah and Jane, I recently discovered the DBSA podcast when my office moved and my daily commute changed from 10 minutes each way to 30. Over the last couple of months, I have been working through your backlog of podcasts and I just love it. Thank you. Please drive safely. I had a couple of questions for you. One is in regards to to books where either the hero or the heroine is a nerd or geek. I'm wondering if you would have suggestions on further reading. I have read Vicki Lewis Thompson's Nerd in Shining Armor, but none of her other nerd books are available in ebook format, and to be honest, I'm lazy and tend not to read paperback anymore. I also have enjoyed Attachments by Rainbow Rowell and Love Connection by Jennifer James for contemporary romance titles, The Geek Job by Eve Langley for Paranormal, and A Week to be Wicked by Tessa Dare for Historical are also some of my favorites. Both my husband and I are self-proclaimed nerds. My husband even works for Comic-Con San Diego, and I love to read about, quote-unquote, our people falling in love. I hope you have a wonderful day, Liz. Liz, girl, we have got recommendations for you. Jane, why don't you start? Uh, I was trying to think there was a Kathleen O'Reilly book that had one, but I cannot I looked at it just briefly this morning but I couldn't find it I remember she refers to the angle of her they're like holding their their arm and arm and she thinks about her arm being a triangle or a hypotenuse or something like that I just finished did you read the Delphine Dryden books from Karina did you read those she just does not work for me as an author I've read her in the past I read one of her earlier um um kind of nerd books and I really didn't like the hero the the nerdy hero I thought that he was actually kind of a, the theory of an attraction I thought he was pretty much of an asshole so wait the theory of attraction is the is the one where they broke up and they're getting back together because I just read the two of them back to back and I can't remember which is which I have to look them up um no that's it it's it was like a short story or a novella yeah they're both and- novellas He's okay. Well, he's. I just remember he's kind of like socially awkward. Oh, he likes to boss people around. Yes, he's a dom. Yeah, I thought that was really. I no, I didn't like it. That's the theory of attraction, and then there's the subduction hypothesis. Okay, that's hilarious because I finished the attra- theory of attraction last night, and I thought it was terrific. I didn't think the hero came across as an asshole. I think he came across as very socially awkward and had a very regimented life. And anything that violated his schedule was very threatening to him. Yeah, but then, you know, if he's so... I did, I just didn't feel like he was consistent. He was supposed to be socially awkward and not be able to pick up on clues. Yet a lot of the things that they were doing were very subtle. Um, and so I just didn't feel he was consistent. I didn't like it. That's really interesting. I mean, I'm not trying to argue with you that you should change your mind. I had the exact opposite reaction because I thought that because he's a dom, 
he was able to understand sexual cues in that particular scenario. If they were in a scene, he was able to understand sexual cues and arousal cues. But just regular small talk at a, at a cocktail party, he had no idea how to recognize social cues from people that weren't sexual. I don't know how realistic that is, but I thought it was so well done. And I, what I really liked was the way the fact that he was very socially awkward, but also extremely smart and recognized his own limitations. And in the course of the story, and this is the theory of attraction, in the course of the story, it starts out because he wants her to help him do a, a decent enough job at a, at a faculty um, department cocktail fundraiser that he'll be able to keep his job and possibly get tenure. So she starts trying to give him clues on how to interact socially because otherwise he doesn't really talk to people. But then when it becomes a sexual relationship, he's the one who's in control because he's the dominant. So they shift power in a way I thought was really interesting. I didn't like the seduction hypothesis as much because while it does satisfy um, Liz's request for the the idea that there are people who are not only self-proclaimed nerds but who embrace con culture – Half of that, or most of that book actually, takes place at a con, but I thought that the hero had so much negative ground to make up as a, um, after having broken up with the heroine that I never really thought he redeemed himself. It's really a hard situation, I think, for an author to set a character up by having them break up with the heroine right before the start of the book and then has to earn his way back. Because it, it leaves me with a feeling of, well, are you sure that that's not going to happen again because you were stupid? I mean, stupid can, can be very hard to cure. Otherwise, nerd heroes? Well, there's Undercover Professor by December Gephardt. It's, again, it's a book that didn't work for me, but the hero is a famous gamer and professor. Which is the uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips where they're inviting, or they're, they're inviting, they're inventing the computer? Is that Hotshot? Yeah, I think I it's Hotshot. So. That book didn't work for me for the, for the hero and heroine. I thought that, that the hero and heroine were a hot mess, but there's a secondary character who is a nerd who is very shy. I think I'm remembering this correctly, and he's a wonderful secondary character as a, as a nerd. The thing with, with, with trying to define what a nerd character is, it's almost as if the character themselves has to acknowledge that they're a nerd. They have to acknowledge their own status in a way for you to be able to identify, yes, this is a nerd hero, because what I think of as a nerd and what you think of as a nerd could be two different things. And if you think of it as a pejorative, then you're not going to like any of the descriptions. But if, if Liz is looking for heroes and heroines that are um, extremely intelligent, possibly somewhat socially unsure, and trying to balance their their private interests with having a social life, that's one type of hero. But there's a lot of really intelligent heroes or heroines that don't necessarily qualify as nerds. I feel like nerd is a term that only applies when someone has some sort of of social fringe status or some sort of social ostracization from other characters or just unsureness and i'm socially unsure all the time so i figure i qualify amply really so your nerd status is depending on how socially awkward you are i never knew that that's how i thought nerd was just a description for the kind of interests you had whether it was in gaming or mathematics or some sort of more of the hard science interest possibly but then, then you have like language nerds and book nerds and literature nerds. I mean, there's there's humanities nerds, too. Yeah, but there's a lot of socially awkward people who are in love with literature. I I guess I would disagree that nerd is a, a word that has a social connotation versus an interest connotation. 
See, that's what I mean. Everyone sort of defines it differently. My impression of a nerd comes with that sort of social aspect. And if you're talking to somebody about nerd heroes and heroines, often it's the distance between them and other characters that the that character perceives that that lends to the tension of them, of their that that, that lends to the tension of their romantic uh, adventure or journey. Hmm. I, I guess I just totally disagree with you. And, and December Gephardt's book would not fall into that character c- category because neither of the characters are socially awkward. Interesting. But they both are hardcore gamers and have a lot of interest in that, in the cons and so, sort of thing. I, I, I think nerds of, um, is an interest oriented description. It might've been pejorative in the past. I don't think it's still pejorative. No, I don't either. I don't think so. I think that there is a social aspect though, because I think that people who are, for example, if you use the, the idea of gamers or people who are what really into cons, that's a pretty unique community, and there are a lot of people who would do, who would say that that's an odd thing to do. I'm not one of them. But I think it comes with some sort of social connotation, although there's ample room to argue that it doesn't. Another book that might work is Girl from Mars by Julie Cohen, and that book has a couple of interesting aspects about it. One, it has a sort of a – what the heck is that show with Sheldon? Um, it has a sort of Big Bang Theory – aspect to it because there's a, a the heroine is a girl named Phil and she lives with and around a bunch of her friends so there's this really close knit community and she is a comic book artist what was interesting about the book for me when i reviewed it a couple years ago was i had a really hard time believing that the heroine could sustain a relationship because she was so not self-absorbed in a negative way but absorbed with her own creative life and absorbed with her with her own talent. She's very talented. What was fascinating was the number of people in the comments who said, I think that character re- reads as if she might have Asperger's syndrome because these are all characteristics. And I'm wondering if what we used to term a nerd hero or heroine is now going to be morphing into a character that could potentially be interpreted as on the autism spectrum, which is not to say that nerds have autism and autism is, is nerdy. That's not an equation I'm trying to make here. But that, I think that's the problem with saying that nerdism is a socially has a has a socially awkward um, component kind of component because you're saying because then you're saying that everyone who's socially awkward or has introversion or falls on a the certain scale of the Myers Briggs should be termed a nerd and I don't think that that's accurate. No, I don't think that's accurate either, but I think that for characterizing a, a romance with a nerd hero or a nerd heroine, there is a social aspect that's part of that character type. I'm not saying that all socially awkward people you are, are reading, nerds. So so have you ever read The Madness of Lord Ian Mackenzie? Are you no. is that a nerd romance to you? I have never read that one. Why would why does that fit my definition as I'm working with it? Because he's um <clears throat> he's a brilliant uh individual who uh, suffers from serious autism. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if it would qualify. I have to read it and find out. When when you're looking for a nerd romance, right. and when you think others are looking for that, you're looking for people who specifically have a socially awkward component, and that is part of the romantic conflict. Usually for me, yep, definitely. And, if I, and I, I'll say, because I don't actually consciously go out and look for those types of books. If I'm looking for a nerd romance, I'm looking for people who are 
have an interest in the hardcore sciences. Oh, that too. Absolutely. But they don't have to be socially awkward for me. It just says, hmm. you know, they have to, that's just part of their life, whether they're interested in video games or science fiction or mathematics, um, that sort of thing. I didn't realize and that there was the socially awkward component to it at all. The funny thing is the um, the definition that's online is a foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boringly studious, or two, an intelligent, single-minded expert in a particular technical discipline or profession. So essentially, we're both right, except that I don't think I don't I don't think you think either that this person is contemptible. This is actually one of my favorite kind of hero or heroines, because I really like really intelligent characters who are very different and have sort of an intellectual quirk about them that makes you that makes them unique. I don't think nerd is a contemptible term, but it looks like, by, judging by the definition that I found, we're both right, which is rare. Usually I, usually I lose the argument because I'm not a professional arguer. <laughs> so do you have any other books that you think Liz might, Liz, Liz might like? I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of characters who are brilliant. I think of all of Jane Ann Krentz's heroes, they d definitely fall into the socially awkward, um, mentally brilliant category. But um, I don't have any specific ones that talk about gaming. You know, the last um, uh, Lisa Claypass book was uh, it featured a hero who was into games, and they went to a con later on, so so to speak. Which one was that? The um, um, the one with the hero who had no soul. Yep, he was a video game developer. Right. They talked about the type of video game he created, which reminded me of Bioshock. <laughs> well, in Bio, in, in the video game, in, in the Lisa Claypass's book, the hero develops a video game that rewards you for moral choices. And that's kind of what Bioshock does. Oh, that's interesting. I don't have any other recommendations that I can think of. It just, I, I think it just depends on what your de definition of nerd is. If you, if it's your definition, um, you, that requires socially awkward. I mean, I would definitely recommend Lord Ian McKenzie, even though, because he's very socially awkward to the point that he has difficult. You know, he it's a historical. He's been put in the insane asylum. Mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, for contemporaries and, and specifically involving gamers, um, Eve Silver's her YA release called Rush is about a girl who goes into the gaming world um, literally and has to fight um, for her survival within the video game. That is Eve Silver. That's written under her name. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of you know Ready Player One. It's not a romance, but it's probably one of the most famous nerd books. I, I guess the Jennifer, uh, the woman who just won the Pulitzer Prize, Egan, Jennifer Egan. Jennifer Egan. Oh, that was last, yeah, last year. Yeah, a Visit from the Goon Squad, very much a nerd book, has charts and everything in it. My biggest recommendations would be um, the Delphine Dryden books, although I'd be interested in hearing whether or not Liz thinks that they qualify. And... Um, Girl from Mars by Julie, Julie Cohen, especially. But I also think that with, with the popularity of shows like um, the one that the name I can never remember. The Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. It's not, I I'm really bad at watching TV, so I don't remember show names any more than I remember book titles. 
I think that as the popularity of the Big Bang Theory continues, that there's going to be more um, hard science and math and gaming heroes than there are and hero heroines than there are now, which is awesome because I think that's very cool. Oh, and then there was wasn't the wasn't the show me line from Dorchester wasn't that partly gaming? Um, I thought it was mostly science fiction fantasy. I don't know if there's, um, you know, probably the earliest recollection of that I can I have of any computer related romance would have been Body Electric by Susan Squires, which I think she has re released in digital now. And that's where um, a computer character comes to life. That's cool. The one I was thinking of with the show me line, I think, um, has been re-released by Dutton. Gamer Girl by Mary Mancusi is a YA that deals with a young woman who is into gaming and alternate reality and manga. I think that's what I was trying to remember with the, with the original show me launch all those years ago was the manga aspect. That might also work. What are you reading right now? I read a couple self-published books. I read Surviving Passion by um, Maya Underwood, which is a post-apocalyptic survival story and reminded me very much of the early 80s bodice ripper type, case, type books in that there's just this weird forced seduction, almost rape scene between the hero and heroine. I didn't like that. Um, oh, Fire and Frost by Mel... It's a anthology by Mel Jean Brooke, Jessica Sims, and Carolyn Crane. And I couldn't get in the Carolyn Crane book. Speaking of um, nerd books, I mean, she totally writes nerd books. But I, I can't get into her. She's super clever writer. But her writing just doesn't appeal to me. My favorite story of the collection is Jessica Sims. It's a really cute story about um, a uh, Liger woman who's like 6'2", and she's kind of been ostracized from the Lion Clan and taken in by the Tiger Clan. And um, ordinarily, Ligers are uh, sterile, but she goes into heat, and she's not had any preparation for it. She's really been attracted to her alpha, but he doesn't seem to be interested in her and um, uh, from her point of view, but I think the reader can kind of guess that um, Vic, the alpha, actually is interested in her, but he can't he can't abuse his power as her alpha. Right. And so she has to come to him. So that's a kind of a cute story. And then um, Mel Jean's story, um, Wrecked, is a very sweet um, story about a a girl who is being hunted by her father. Um, originally, originally, uh, it was because the people who were hunting her thought it was because he loves his daughter so much. But you learn later on that she's a replicant of um, of her uh, of her mother. She's oh. not actually their daughter, but a replicant, and he obviously wants her for other purposes. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm about to read that. I'm glad to know that you liked it because I'm about to read that anthology. Um, I read Fire Inside by Kristen Ashley, which I really liked. It's kind of funny because my reviewer, Katie, didn't like it as much. And she thought um, Lainey, who's the heroine, was tiresome because she's very 
very over-emotional. She has mm-hmm. a lot of scenes. But I like that because that's kind of what Ashley, the author, tells you in the very beginning, that this is the type of woman who gets upset if her Coke is poured wrong. And so I felt like this is the character I was promised in the very beginning, and that's who I got. And it's a totally different character than you'd ordinarily read. I mean, she's super high maintenance, and um, they get into a lot of passionate arguments. You know, it's not a life I'd want to live, but I think it's fun to read about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read then this book called the Thoroughbreds and Trailer Trash by Bev Peterson. Terrible name, right? Yeah. What the hell is that? Well, the heroine's pretty poor, mm-hmm. um, but she is a horse masseuse. And um, it's obvious Peterson, the author, really knows her horse stuff. And it's all, it's a lot kind of a love letter about horses. But um, the hero is a management company that comes in and turns around failing businesses. Oh. Um, and he comes in to turn around this failing business, and uh, which is a horse center. I'm not really sure what it does, but it trains horses and um, boards them and treats them and so forth. But uh, it, it, it's a long, very slow-moving book. It probably took me a couple of weeks to read it, but I did enjoy it. I would buy another one from her. That was another self-published book. If you like horses... And you like kind of a low-key romance, um, I'd recommend that. I tried to read Charisse Sinclair's This Is Who I Am uh, and could not get into it. Um, oh, I read uh, another self-published book called The Enforcer by Nikki something, and that was a terrible book. So that's what I've been reading. Oh, I read one Tiny Lie by K.A. Tucker. I really like this is a this was originally a self-published author. Her book first book was Ten Tiny Breasts, and I really liked that book. And this um, One Tiny Lie is the sister of the heroine that appears in the first book. And I this was <sighs> the voice is very engaging, but I really dislike the characters and the story. Um, the characters are super selfish, total douchebags, and I didn't wish that they were happy at the end. Um, and I was really disappointed in the type of story that was being told. It seemed like it was an entirely different author. The previous book was really kind of a more thoughtful uh, story. And this one, um, I mean, the hero and the heroine share one drunken night at the very beginning of the book. She doesn't remember any of it, but apparently it was so amazing that the hero falls in love with her and he um that that night that she can't remember and the next morning he wakes up naked in somebody else's bed and he proceeds to sleep with other women during the story and she goes out with his best friend and um but she still has feelings for him she continues to to foster a relationship with his best friend even though every time they're out together she's lusting after this uh other guy yeah. So. Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. That's a little uh, different. That was pretty disappointing. Uh, that is very different. Um, so that's about it. What about you? I was I think it was on Facebook. Someone recommended to me a book um called Just This Once by Rosalind James and the series is called Escape to New Zealand. It's a self-published book. It's about 99 cents, and it has 
more than 350 reviews on Amazon and the average is four and a half stars. But what's interesting about the reviews is that they all talk about how realistic the book was and how realistic the setting was. And the, the thing is, as a romance, it was abysmal. It was a crap romance. As a story that takes place in New Zealand, it's wonderful. So if you like travel stories and you like to be in places that seem real and feel like you're learning about a place while you're reading a story, this will totally rock because it is all about New Zealand. And New Zealand is a character. The hero is so incredibly perfect. You would laugh so hard at this hero. The hero is the captain of the All Blacks, and he's the captain of another league in New Zealand. So he's a famous rugby player. He's a celebrity in New Zealand, but she's American, and she takes a three-week vacation and ends up going out offshore at a place where there's riptides and can't get back to shore. And he comes along in his canoe and saves her, or kayak or something, and she doesn't recognize him and she has no idea who he is. So she, he thinks this is great and he wants to show her around New Zealand and they end up spending most of her vacation together. And by the end, he's convinced that she's the one for him in part because she treats him like a person and isn't really that aware of his celebrity. And it's not until she gets on the plane to go back that she opens the in-flight magazine and he's in the magazine because he's a spokesperson for the airline. And he's a huge, extremely wealthy star and she had no idea. After that, it becomes a question of, is she going to move to New Zealand to be with him? Can they make their relationship work? And the conflict is extremely low. The, the biggest question is, is she going to move now? Or is she going to move in the next chapter? Or maybe the chapter after that? But it was kind of a foregone conclusion. As a romance, it is really dull. But he represents New Zealand, both as a rugby player and as a character. He is as perfect and as wonderfully welcoming as the country of New Zealand. And so you learn so much about the setting during the course of the book that I did the opposite of what I usually do. Usually I skip the description and read the dialogue. And in this one, I skipped all the dialogue because I didn't care about their relationship and went back to the description. It was very cool. And they, the author gets into the language differences and how New Zealand phrases are what, are, what they're like and how the work-life balance is so different in that country versus the United States. It was a great story if you liked learning about places as a romance it was terrible but for a dollar i i had this weird enjoyment of it i thought it was a crappy romance but a really interesting story at, in terms of the setting and it made me want to go to new zealand which that tends to happen to me i will read books and then want to go do the things that are in them or will want to go and visit that place like i decided i really wanted to learn how to snowboard after reading a jill Shalvis book instant attraction and now i snowboard and it's totally awesome because snowboarding is so fun like I said earlier, I just finished the Delphine Dryden stories. Um, like I just finished it last night. So I'm torn between reading uh, Helen K. Diamond's Just What He Wanted, which is the newest book in her series that takes place in West Virginia. And this one, from the description, sort of looks like a, a starting over slash sort of opposites attract story. And when I designed the ad for her, she was telling me all about the book. And one of the things is that the heroine is very curvy and has decided after a really bad breakup that she's going to go be on her own and work on liking herself better exactly the way she is. So her feelings about her body are part of the story. And we actually had an interesting conversation about whether or not to feature that in the ad to let readers know that that's part of the character. And I thought, I, I would want to know that because that's something that I would want to read. So I'm curious about that one. I haven't read it yet, but it has a lot of very good reviews. The other one I'm thinking about reading is from Escape, which is the um, Australian contemporary publisher. And that's a book called Black Diamonds. That is about an Australian truffle farmer and a French guy who is the owner of a 
French truffle empire because you know we don't have enough French truffle empire heroes. That's another we could do a whole we could do a whole list of French truffle empire heroes, right? I mean we could talk about that for about two straight hours. There's just there's just a dying need for this. It's I'm craving French truffle owner heroes personally. I'm actually just curious about the difference in cultures. I'm really into reading books in places that are way way outside of what I normally read. So I'm trying to choose between those two. I know West Virginia pretty well, but I still like Helen Kay's series. But that's about it for me. I have to pick what to read next. And that's all for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to have a new podcast up in about two weeks. I'm doing an interview with one of the people from our new sponsor. Woohoo! And we'll announce that then. In the meantime... If you have any questions, you can always email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. That's S for Sarah, B for bitches, J for Jane, podcast at gmail.com. The music that you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is a song called River Town by an artist named Michelle Sell. And Sassy tells me that this album, Secret Harbor, is amazing and that Michelle is available for private parties if you happen to be located near her. I would very much like to hire this person to just play while I'm reading, because this is awesome, right? I will have information about where you can find this song and her album and where to find Ms. Cell herself online, should you wish to have her come and play for you while you are reading or drinking or doing whatever it is you do when harpists are playing. And Jane and I, wherever you are, as always, wish you the very best of reading. <laughs>